You round the corner, cyberware keyed up as you slot the data jack into the door lock, while bullet hell rains down upon you. An overwhelming force pursues your party, but you've got all the edge you need for this run. Hoy, chummer. Feel like taking on the big bad? Then jack in and get your new year's worth as we explore running a dystopian campaign. That's how we roll. 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 Welcome to the Goblin's Corner. My name is Eric. And I'm Matt. And tonight, we're talking about running a dystopian campaign. That's right. We're going to build you a better dystopia, chummer. We mentioned, of course, Shadowrun, but there's a whole host of dystopian campaigns out there. We're going to teach you how to put one together and how to really play a super fun game tonight. Absolutely. I love dystopian campaigns. And realistically, dystopian is a flavor. It can fit in any type of game. That's right. So if you haven't yet, hit that like and subscribe button. Help us get our show out to more people and get notified when more awesome episodes come your way. And if you're listening to the show, do us a favor, give us a review on iTunes or Podchaser. Where the League of Extraordinary Podcasters will come after you put you in dystopian hell. I wonder who the Alan Quartermain of the League of Extraordinary Podcasters is. It definitely sounds like Sean Connery. <laughs> so, so tonight, we're going to talk about dystopias, as we mentioned, and what makes a dystopian game, Matt. There's a couple of factors. And by the way, if this sounds a little bit like a survival story, that's because oftentimes it is. Realistically, in RPGs, most games are survival games. Play our games is certainly going to be a survival at some point in time. So there's a couple of factors that make a dystopian campaign. What are they, Matt? The first one is your emphasis should really be on how much everything sucks. Yes. Bad times in general and the struggle to overcome those bad times. And I like to tell people the difference between a survival campaign and a dystopian campaign is the bad guy won. What's life like now? In a survival campaign, everybody is attempting to make it. In a dystopian campaign, somebody is living really well off of this dystopia. Somebody or something is controlling things. Fair. And this equates a lot of times in terms to something that's monolithic, that's in control of the power structure for the world. Sure. Now, it doesn't have to be an individual thing. No. Nope. We'll get to that in a moment. But oftentimes it is. Now, there can be, to me, lots of fun in a dystopian campaign, even though they're they're kind of grim and, and dark and gritty, and you're going to have a lot of character elements, particularly relationships and not just society, but your relationship with society. Yeah, this is definitely a fun theme to kind of move in tandem with like intrigue or heists, because part of the fun of a dystopian campaign is making connections to kind of rebel against the system, right? Fighting back. Yeah, rage against the machine, right? Absolutely. Get yourself a Molotov cocktail and and just a shit-eating grin, and you just toss that thing into the into the streets. Absolutely. Yeah, love that. One of these days, I'm going to make a cocktail that's a Molotov cocktail. You should. It'd be great. Like a, <laughs> like a Sambuca milkshake, but, but more deadly. Sure. Yeah. There's a lot of fun environment elements as well in a dystopian campaign. You know, when we think of environment and dystopia, we often think, or at least I think of like Blade Runner or Shadowrun. Sure. But it can also be lots of different fantasy elements as well. I mean, Sauron did 
kind of wreck Mordor if you think about it. Sure. That's totally a dystopia right there. You think those orcs are having a good time? Dark Sun. Dark Sun is a dystopia. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Just horrible sorcerer kings that infest their body with magic and slowly become dragons. The the Highlander movies that don't exist. Mm-hmm. Those turn into a dystopian society. So yeah, there's there's lots of options available to you. Absolutely. Yeah. At speaking of story options, we'll talk about some in a few minutes, but I think the first thing we should do is to get to how to storytell and how to start narrative development in a dystopia. Matt, what do we got? The first thing, obviously, is you have to decide what game you're playing. Now, this is either going to be the first thing or the last thing. That's if it's fair. the first thing, then you kind of know it's a dystopian hell. Like, if we're going to play Shadowrun, we know that there's megacorps. We know that everything sucks. We know that the only way to get ahead is either have some magic or some, you know, whiz chrome chummer. You're going to be running against the corporations, right? Or the best, biggest explosives available. Absolutely. If it's on the magic side of things, you could be in Dark Sun. You might be at the bottom cast of power structures. You might get lost in the desert and be eaten by a halfling. It's entirely, or Thrykreen, or, or literally anyone. Anything, really, will <laughs> eat you in the desert in Dark Sun. They don't even need to grill you up. They will just chew on your bones. There are shrubs, literal shrubs, that will eat you in Those Dark shrubs Sun. Shrubs will get you, man. Got to watch out for some Dark Sun shrubs. So let's say you don't know what game you're going to play, but you do know you want to play some sort of dystopia, Matt. Okay. How do we choose? The first thing in that case, what you're going to want to decide is what is the overwhelming force that's controlling the populace? Yes. Like what is the dystopian event? And this event can be many different things. Sure. Uh, Here's some examples. First off, you could be obviously an individual or a group of individuals. So- Dr. Evil takes over, right? So sure. Somebody who's, you know, the big bad. Or uh, if you're talking about Forgotten Realms, the Thayans. So the, the country of Thay is definitely a dystopia ruled by a mageocracy. I mean, realistically, Shadowrun is ruled by oligarchs. Yeah. Yeah. Corporations, right? Yeah. It could be an object. Whether it's science or magical, like some MacGuffin rules society. You've got the One Ring. Sure which basically allows Sauron to take over, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the Matrix. Oh, yeah. The Matrix is definitely a dystopian. I mean, it's an object that literally controls society. Yeah. You could have an event which leads to a dystopian society. So, for example, uh, in Shadowrun, the Awakening kind of made things. I mean, it was kind of getting sucky in the beginning, but it really, really made things worse. Yeah. <laughs> It, it hit the fast forward button significantly. Yeah, when Dunkelzon pops out of a volcano and decides, hey, I think I'm going to take over. Yeah, that's kind of, kind of, a nuclear war is a good example as well. Sure. Right? Dystopian societies like Fallout. Yeah. That's one part survival, one part dystopia right there. You could also, as is a personal favorite of ours, have a creature that creates this dystopia. Like a gigantic kaiju, for for example. Exactly. Some sort of dark god that's, Slightly lizard-like in its appearance, and when he smiles at you, the atomic breath vaporizes cities for miles around. Absolutely. I'm just saying that if I make a warlock patron to Godzilla... It's <laughs> I'd allow it. Yeah. We will? Good. Yeah. It's 100%. Gonna ha- it's going to happen. We'll write it up. Dystopian events could be knowledge. Yeah. So, Cybertech's a good example of that, but it could be anything. Uh, Diamond Age, if you read some Neil Stevenson, could be a particular type of magic... It could be a virus or maybe what would happen, for example, if 
the cure for aging came across. Now everybody wants to stop aging. Sure. But only a few people have that ability to stop aging because it's a finite resource. Now you have a dystopian society formed right off the bat. I mean, even something to the point of true, true virtual reality would absolutely resurface our world. It would suck. Oh, because you know there... You have people who are addicted to games now. If you could literally transport yourself into one, you've got people who would never come out. Or you would have AI addicted to games. Think about that. The AI that's, no longer that's is That's how doing... we beat the AI, <laughs> we, as we code better games. We give it World of Warcraft to play. It's, it, it's attached to a supercomputer. It won't do anything now because it's stuck playing World of Warcraft. <laughs> I, I love the idea behind that so much. Uh, Blizzard saves the world. Think about that. The Terminators rise, but they, they they get corporeal form. They stomp into people's houses and they take over their computers to play World of Warcraft. I could totally see that happening. <laughs> I just see this liquid metal man dashing down the freaking road, snatching laptops. Give me all your games and your cartridges. You could also have a cultural or a social event. Sure. Become the dystopian event. So uh, the Purge is a good example. Once a year, everybody kills each other. Or you could have some kind of extended event. So uh, think uh, Handmaid's Tale, right? Right. 100% dystopian. That is a, yeah, that is, we'll talk about dystopia. There's your textbook right there. Could also have what, Matt? Aliens or an unseen force. I love the idea of aliens creating a dystopian event. Maybe they're unseen aliens. So you got what, like a bird box or the mist? Just Maleficent some. Force that dominates people and you've got to figure a way to rebel against it or escape. Yeah. Yeah. And Stephen King's The Mist is also a good one as well. So there's a lot of different things that you could have and you could have a combination of all of these as well. And realistically, it probably would be a combination. Sure. And once you get that. So next you're going to decide on your theme, which is going to go hand in hand with your dystopian force. Sure. And it's going to determine your setting. Okay. As far as themes go, which we've talked about some of them, is it an adventuring or like hero style campaign? Yep. You could have a dark horror or grim dark style. We've mentioned this a couple of times. Survival, right? Survival and dystopian games can bleed into each other very well. Yes. Now, if we want to do a little bit more social construct type stuff, mystery is great for dystopian campaigns. Uh, think uh, Blade Runner, right? Or some kind of cyberpunk noir. Yeah. Even like a Dark City vibe. Think about, sure. Yeah. He could tune. <laughs> now, this is one that I talk about fairly often. Uh, maybe a little too often. Um, revolution campaigns revolve around the fact that you start in a dystopian setting. Yeah. You got to burn it all down, start over. Because if it's not dystopian, why are you, why are you having a revolution? Sure. Exactly. Uh, you mentioned heist campaigns would be great to pair with something in a dystopian setting, and I love that idea. Maybe you got to get something like a, that the big bad wants, or maybe you just got to get something to make your life a little bit better. Yeah, maybe your group is just trying to scrape enough together so that you can not be hungry anymore and have something soft to sleep on. You just need some nuance so you can get to the next stuffer's jack, Exactly. <laughs> and finally, you could also have intrigue, which is always a delight in a dystopian setting. Right, working behind the scenes and such. Oh, yeah. And folks, if you haven't seen our episode on running an intrigue campaign, go check it out. 
Next in the list of creating your dystopian world, you're going to have to decide on the setting and the history. How has the dystopian force impacted your world? There's a couple of things that you can consider when we're talking about setting and history. First off, did society break down from the dystopian event? Right? Yeah. Or did it adapt? That's a big difference between if it broke down, you're going more into survival dystopia, right? Sure. Because everything's gone to shit. If it didn't, then maybe it's gone kind of skewed in a different way. So it may have adapted. Or are people fighting against the dystopian force or, you know, whatever caused the change or the outcome of the change? Yeah. Which may mean that not the whole world is dystopian, just maybe a portion of it. Sure. What new laws, groups, or creatures came about because of this event? Sure. So if the purge comes about, there's definitely going to be a couple new laws rolling around. Yeah, but no new creatures particularly. Not necessarily, but I can guarantee you handguns are easier to get. <laughs> but also, in the case of, say, the Awakening and Shadow Run, right? You've got an entire new zoo full of creatures coming yeah, out. Yeah, some of the zoo can talk. <laughs> That's true. What information is now normal? or suppressed because of this dystopian event. Uh, Fahrenheit 451. Very good. Going back to Ray Bradbury, folks. If you haven't read that, go back to school. <laughs> who fights against the machine? So who fights against this kind of monolithic power? Is it a scrappy little team of rebels just trying to get by with their protocol droids and their astromechs? We're going to get into that. <laughs> Could happen, right? Yeah. Another question you need to ask yourself, how long has society been this way? Sure. Is it within your lifetime? Has it always been this way as far as you can remember? That also determines how ingrained the power structure is to fight against. It's also going to determine how the idea of fighting back against this dystopia comes to being. If it's been a hundred generations and it's always been this way, then maybe finding a book about what the world used to be like is going to be the catalyst. Yeah. Might have to dig into some, uh, some archival ruins or something like that. Sure. Versus if it was two generations ago, your grandma telling you how the good old days used to be might be enough to spark that spark. Importantly, who benefits from this society? Because someone does or something benefits. There is a power structure there's probably a tiered power structure. Oftentimes. Who sits at the top? Who sits directly underneath that? Who are the henchmen? In Shadowrun, you're going to have your, the megacorps, like we said. So basically, you're going to have the CEOs and then the C-suite. Yeah. In the game Mage, the dystopia is the fact that the Exarchs won. Sure. They, they change reality, right? They own reality. You can't break it anymore. You can break it, but you can't break out of it so to speak. And so you have to rebel and remake reality where you can find it. You're going to need to think about what are the consequences of actions for this dystopian event? Yes. And what do we mean when we say that, Matt? We, we, we talk about consequence actions a lot. How does the dystopian event cause ripples throughout the world? Is it going to cause physical changes? Is it going to cause societal changes like if you had, uh, we speak about this a little bit later, if you had a shadow government that takes over the entire world, now you're talking about a literal one world government. Yes. That's going to cause huge changes. 
And those changes will have a ripple effect moving down until you get to the player characters. Sure. Speaking of player characters, we should probably have a place to start this campaign. So let's start someplace. Right. Where are you in the world? And is that going to be not just the starting point? Is it going to be the place you're at for a day, a week, a month? Is this going to be this locale going to be the focus? Yeah. Build that world is what we're saying. Yeah. When you're building that world, what did the normal people know? Right. What do the NPCs know either about the dystopian event or about the society in general? So, for example, if you're a DM, have a rundown of what everybody knows. Sure. This is just the, the typical things that, you know, the world sucks. The One Ring owns it all. You have to go to Mount Doom and kill it. <laughs> yeah, I think just a quick bullet point of what people on the street know, what people the next level up know, the next level up, and then what the people at the top know is probably the easiest way to handle that. Yes. And then what is the history of this realm from that aspect as well, right? Expand this out. And we talked about this before in many different episodes. You go street, city, region, country, world, right? Build it out this way. You can have a top-down view if you want, but I think starting a dystopian campaign, particularly from the character's point of view, they're going to want to know what's in their immediate vicinity. Sure. And so you might have big ideas, but it's still good to go ahead and Give them like a little geographic region they can play in while you build those big areas. Not just that, but depending on how much information is controlled, their characters may not know what's going on outside of their immediate region. Might be in a little bubble. Yep. Like literally in a bubble. You might be <laughs> no, in this. True. Yeah, you might be in this dome city and everything else is a blasted wasteland. And if you go outside, well, you never know what you're going to expect. <laughs> Was it Dark City? Yes, it could be Dark City, or I was thinking paranoia, but... Sure. Start small, start personal. Who are your characters, and what is their story? And this will partially depend on the scenario you happen to be playing, right? Intrigue or whatnot. Right. Uh, What are their backgrounds in history? Again, this is a no-brainer here. We're just listing what you need to make sure you have. Characters got to have a backstory. Characters got to have a history. Right. What's their home base? Now, this doesn't have to be like literally know, a base. Right. It could be a house, an apartment. Yeah. But you want to have, you want to kind of fill in the blanks because this will enrich the world that you're creating. If you're doing something close to Logan's Run, that's way different than, say, Mystical Thay. Sure. But in Thay, you're likely to live in a hovel. Yeah. Unless you're part unless of the power you're, structure. Yep. Speaking of which, where are they in the hierarchy of the power structure? Because that's going to determine a lot of the flavor of the game now this doesn't mean that they're at the bottom and it would be i dare say really interesting to start one or all or even just some of the characters on different strata levels in your dystopian society because that gives players kind of an interesting dynamic to mess about with why is this high level strata person messing with the people at the bottom right are they infiltrating the high-level society to bring it down? Or maybe I'm just a bodyguard, right? Maybe you're higher up in the corp, but you're high enough up in the corp that you have street-level people working for you. Maybe so. And that would be kind of an interesting interplay amongst things. Yeah, you're you're the boss right up until things go sideways, then... I'm the, I'm the Mr. Johnson? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Then you ask yourself, 
how do they feel growing up or living in a dystopian situation? Yeah, is it great? Maybe you got free tritio and you can sit back and eat all the Nutrisoy you can, or maybe it sucks and you're just scraping by and all you need is your one urban renewal away from just <laughs> taking it all out. What are their connections to the various elements of society? So is it corporate? Is it noblemen? Is it criminal organizations? What kind of ties do they have to all of the different people in this world that you're putting together? Take the bodyguard, for example, right? Maybe they moonlight as a bouncer at a seedy club. Yeah. Well, now they could have connections going both directions, both into the corporation and into the criminal underworld. So you need to ask yourself, like you said, what are their connections and how do they go about getting them? Maybe it's a monolithic government in space, but I know a couple of spacefarers that smuggle arms and stuff like that. Maybe I can hitch a ride when things get really tough. Sure. Plan something like Starfinder or Travelers. Yeah. These can be a series of questions that you ask in your session zero, and you should have a session zero first off, but also you should ask these questions. Right. Uh, here's a fun note. Give different information to different players. So going back to the bodyguard, right? Bodyguard's going to know different things than the Mr. Johnson would, right? Absolutely. Mr. Johnson lives in his corporate world with his corporate suits. Bodyguard lives in his criminal world with his corporate suits they both have corporate suits right it's just one's ill-fitting yeah <laughs> so so think about that ask some questions speaking of like characters and stuff like that what else should we do with our characters matt before the game even starts you need to find out what your players want out of this world what are they attempting to accomplish yeah are they just trying to survive on their own well that's one thing but they may just want to just get paid. So they're mercs for the money. Sure. Maybe you've got someone, like you said, that's starting in the actual corporate sphere that's trying to climb the ladder. Mm -hmm. Or maybe they're trying to escape from this dystopian hell and get away a la Logan's run. Right. Maybe. Maybe they just want to burn it all down. Some people just want to watch the world burn, Bruce. I certainly do. Yeah, got a little MC 900 foot Jesus going. Yeah, it could be a combination of any of these or all, if you wish. Yeah. Another thing you need to decide is what are the stakes or consequences for the players? Generally, especially in a dystopia. Cake or death. <laughs> right. It's cake or death, my friends. It's Death is the easiest thing if in a dystopian society because you think the penalties are harsh because they're coming down on you. Right. But it doesn't have to be. Here are some fun options. Torture or confinement. And by the way, in a magical universe, that torture could be changed into something horrible to serve. Yeah. Like in Menzo and Baranzin, the Dark Elves get turned into Dryder. Right. That is certainly a dystopia right there. You could get turned into an intelligent undead. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. There's no end to it. No. You might have a loss of status. And... In a world where status is key, like if you're playing a regent-type game, uh, Pride and Prejudice, that style, mm -hmm. oh, loss of status, that's a that's worse than death. That's a the big, big deal. Jumping out of a window for that, yeah. A family or house or your corporation could all be taken from you, so material or personal uh, objects. That's true, but also they could take a hit for the things that you're doing. like. Uh, they could lose status. Yes. 
And that's always fun to play with that whole status or reputation. Mm-hmm. And we've mentioned that in several episodes as well. Sure. The thing is you have to play up what the players have to lose and how they can work the system to their advantage. Right. This is the biggest difference, I think, from some of the other style games that you would play in a dystopian game. Dystopian campaign has a series of rules, whether they're unspoken or not, about the dystopia. And you can play in the rules and work your way up the ladder, or you can break the rules and go against it. But you got to know how to play the game. Sure. So that you can break the game and burn it to the ground. What, uh, Picasso, know the rules like a lawyer so you can break them like an artist? Sure. Finally, we also have, which is always fun to play when you're talking about characters and stuff, moral quandaries. What do you mean by that, Matt? What is your character willing to sacrifice? What are they willing to do? Where are their limits? And do they have any to do what they're attempting to accomplish? Yep. And of course... We say this once again, session zero, this stuff. Yes. Because there might be subjects you don't want to approach. Speaking of dark things in session zero, we have what, Matt? Got the question of the week. All right. What dark question of the week do we have this week? Okay. So let's say you've been playing a modern campaign, but your players have shown an interest in moving towards a dystopian game. What is the dystopian event you're going to introduce? Hmm. I'm going to go on an alien invasion. Okay. You got a modern campaign. All of a sudden, this uh, this kind of rock flies out of the sky, and it turns into this Zerg-looking thing, and they find out that there's a whole planet full of these aliens that are just coming after us. Would you like to know more? Nice. I love Starship Troopers. Sure. That'd be yeah. fun, right? Now you've got, you know... The militarization of the world of, yep. causing that dystopia to come into being. Do the characters rebel against it or do they, you know, suddenly decide to get patriotic, join the military, try to fight some some bugs? The only good bug's a dead bug. Would you like to know more? Yeah, I mean, that's a tough call, right? Because you can oppose the militarization of the world, but at the same time, understanding the necessity of it. Yeah. So Again, moral quandaries, my yeah, friend. That's Lots a serious one. Yeah. What about you? What would be yours? Well, I've already pitched a game to uh, my players. At, well, to our players, I should say. For a time when the mythical world collides with the current day world. I can't wait for this to happen. I'm ready. Let's do it. It's going to be great. Grab a broom, start flying around. <laughs> yeah, I already know the choice. I, your My choice, choice is, is going to be urban renewal. You your know cho- how that yeah, works. You're, you're going magic. So <laughs> Shocking, I know. I am, however, interested to know what other people have to say. That's right. Should you have an answer, hit us up at Goblin's Corner on Twitter. And of course, you can find us on all the social media channels like Mastodon. It's true. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, obviously, you can just comment down below. Do so. We would enjoy that as well. All right. So you've got this idea. You've got your story. You've got some things for your players and such. Let's talk a little bit about theatrics, atmosphere. We love theatrics and atmosphere. Absolutely. I said this is an improv actor. First off, lighting is always a delight. So dim the lighting down. Give it, 
or maybe clean your house. Maybe uh, go with like a sterile environment. Right. It really depends on which flavor of dystopia you're going for. If you're going for like a very sterile future dystopia, get extra lights. Make it irritatingly bright. Get everybody in jumpsuits. <laughs> yes. That would be kind of cool, right? Like yeah. the painters outfits from like a clockwork orange. Sure. There's, there's lots of options. In fact, uh, that whole onesie jumpsuit thing is kind of a theme in dystopians pretty commonly. Yeah, kind of interesting if you think about it. Uh, we got some music, of course. Now, you could, again, if you're doing a fantasy campaign, you might go with maybe like some grimdark music or some, uh, some cinematic type stuff. Depending on the flavor of dystopia is going to depend on the flavor of music, but angry music, generally speaking, angry music. Yeah. You got, you know, Linkin Park. We are we are of an age, right? Corn, Rage Against the Machine. Now you also got Twenty One Pilots would work in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Industrial music. Oh yeah, any any type of like pulsing beat, particularly if you're uh, rocking the Chrome Chummer. Sure. If you were going for like a gangland style dystopia, then you're definitely going to want to get some uh, body count or some. Public Enemy, things like that. Yeah. And, you know, if you're doing Adam Punk, correct. then you got to rock that 1940s and 50s, folks. That'd be fun too, right? It would be fun. Just kicking in the wastelands. I've got my ghoul sidekick next to me. I've your girlfriend. Ra- your ghoul friend. Yeah, I got my ghoul friend in a radiation suit. Not a care in the world. Just, just <laughs> heading to head into Las Vegas. Sure. Let's talk about some snacks. I love this idea, Matt. Just water and saltines. That's it. Yeah, man, it's it's a hard world out there. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce. We're going here with uh, Soylent Green here. Sure. You get your crackers, right? Mm-hmm. I would suggest chicken and a biscuit, folks. They don't sponsor us, but get yourself a bunch of chicken and a biscuits. If you don't know what they are, go to the grocery store. They're there, and dye them green as Soylent Green crackers. Sure. Because they taste slightly meaty. Mm-hmm. They make you feel slightly uncomfortable eating them. And they're green. Sure. When you dye them. Another idea is for the first couple of sessions, you do the water and saltines. But if your players make a big score, right? If they rob a bank, if they knock over a corporate headquarters, something like that, actually do hors d'oeuvres for a couple of sessions. Start feeding them better. (laughs) This is a great idea. This would be great for Shadowrun, by the way. Yeah, you're, you're rewarding success. So they come to your house. You are beginner runners. You've got like some some stuffer shack stuff. So you've got like fast food and some ramen. Yeah. And and then they win a couple things. They spend their new year and they start getting better living expenses. You then come back and say, okay, now we can bring some, you know, some some steaks. Or instead of ramen, you get pho, right? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally just idea. turn the volume up slightly on everything. Now, if you go on Shadowrun or any type of like cyberpunk style, uh, speaking in corp terms would be a lot of fun. Sure. It would also be interesting in different types of dystopias to have like some sort of lingo built. And this might take some work if the uh, if the world doesn't have it. But if it does, this is phenomenal to really get into like character and stuff like that. And if you want to irritate your players to no end, just look up corporate speak. And for any place that has a strong megacorp type feel to it, just current, you know, throwing words like synergistically and crap like that. We used to call that bullshit bingo. Sure. And of course, as we mentioned, you can always dress up. Absolutely. 
if you're doing like i said ganglands you should you should definitely go with a, a nice warrior's vest mm-hmm. yeah warriors <laughs> that would be awesome if you're playing a dark sun campaign you just go shirtless yep or put, put some suntan lotion on wear a net a net yeah oh man if you're playing like a mad max atom punk adventure just like rip your clothes up stuff like that throw some grime on yeah that would be fun that'd be a lot of fun and you could zardoz <laughs> zardoz oh, so you gotta wear a red diaper sure work for sean connery <laughs> matt let's talk a little bit about some themes in a dystopian campaign because there are some several different themes that we enjoy putting into a game and i think that these will work very well first off we have the concept of just tension just kind of leaning on the characters a bit it's hard out there it's hard life's hard feel hard hard knock life we don't own the rights to that don't do that to me that's unfair <laughs> uh, fight scenes right you should really thematically flavor your fight scenes to the story you're telling yeah and i think that and that also involves not just fight scenes but the cinematics of the entire game how does it look how does it feel describe the settings yep descriptions are going to be very important because depending upon if you're in the neon jungle versus the jungle the jungle yeah literally the jungle out in cholt dinosaurs eating you and stuff paladin's already got drowned in the swamp drowned in the swamp and then he got strangled by the vines you can't have to cut them off but they're living vines and they're just moving around like snakes there's some yuan tea just you know digging around and falls into the water and Gets eaten by piranhas. It's it awful happens there. all the time. Damn paladins. <laughs> We've got the theme of overwhelming evil and oppression. Dystopia as a genre is about oppression. It's about the big bad. Right. And this is perfect to have this overwhelming force. This is great to start a game, by the way, is there's this overwhelming force. You guys can't defeat it. Like, this is way out of your pay grade. Yeah. But in time, maybe you can. Or at the very least, you can carve a chunk out of it. And that's the carrot you can dangle to move the story along as well. You've got intrigue. Every oppressive force is going to have surveillance, whether it's magical, technological, or just a secret police-style group. Yeah. That is going to need to feel like a real threat often, if not all of the time. And it should also be noted that it doesn't have to be just like a monolithic robot style set of people and minions. They can be people. Sure. And that brings in, when we're talking about intrigue, a lot of fun dynamics between player characters and NPCs. Because maybe you've got someone who works for the big bad, but he or she's not too bad. Right. It's just their day job, right? Sure. They don't have enough power personally to take on the system. You guys are taking on the system Maybe he just kind of lets things slide. If you treat your NPCs as if they're people, you can use leverage against them. Yes. We've talked a little bit about this, of course. Revolution and rebels. There you go. What a great theme to rebel against the system. Hey, this game is made for it. Right. And high stakes. Yeah. Life or death, folks. You mess up, you go to prison. Yep. Never seen again. Stuck Medieval in the Ubi dungeon, yet. just... <laughs> underground for the rest of your days send him to the iron maiden could happen you never know what's going on with that and now we have come to the my favorite part story options for your dystopia you want to build a better dystopia we've got 
some mix and match story options that I think are most choice this evening. I agree. I like mix and match, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Take the- two very different dystopian ideas, pour them in a blender, put them on a baking sheet, and see what comes out. Some of the best games come from mixing and matching, folks. Now, of course, this is not an exhaustive list, but we have some fun ones. The first up, Megacorp. Players must fight a Megacorp or a group of megacorporations. Sure. There you go. Every cyberpunk and Shadowrun game on the planet right there. Yep. Could be sci-fi, star, like Starfinder would be great for this. Travelers would be great if you want to go into space a little bit. But you could also do it as a medieval-style game where instead of having a monarch, you've got a bunch of oligarchs that are just rich and control everything. Oh, yeah, like Guild Wars type thing? Yeah. Maybe you're in the Forgotten Realms. You're in Symbia. Doing a little intrigue stuff going on there, all the guild leaders and stuff. Think about that. That'd be fun. Now, speaking of going more the medieval route, dragons. Just a whole flight of dragons controls either the nation or even the world that the players live in. They demand tribute, and they force workers to toil for their benefit. Yes, and it's also the main uh, plot line for the second season of Critical Role. Fair, yeah. And uh, Council of Worms, for that matter. Absolutely, yeah. You know, going back, you could also think the Draco Rage, if they ever came out of it. That could also be a good start. What if they never came out of the Draco Rage, and Samaster is just controlling the whole thing? Yeah. If you don't know about that, go read those books. They're really awesome. The computer is my friend. An AI runs a series of cities and maliciously forces citizens to conform to its skewed standards and kills all dissidents. Paranoia. Yes. Yeah. It's a game, Paranoia. You haven't heard of Paranoia? Go play that. It's a delightful game. It's a wonderful game. You but should definitely check it out. knowledge of that is above your security clearance, citizen. Report for termination. We also have, like, the magical skew. An ancient artifact rules a nation through its dominated wielder. The artifact attracts most powerful individuals from miles around, and once they make contact, they become a series of despotic rulers doomed to serve the whims of the artifact. Yes. Servant of the Shard. Yeah, basically. I mean, that's a great example. Yeah. In deep space, there is a station that traps the unwary and forces them to serve. Players as formant rebellion. There you go. That could be a rogue AI. That could be some kind of magical thing in the space station. It could be the citizens that run the space station. It could be an alien force. Think about that. A lot of fun things with that, right? Absolutely. Four words that probably require no explanation. Invasion of the body snatchers. Yep. There's your dystopia right there. People have taken over the world. What are you going to do? Who's your friend? Who's your foe? Maybe they're the same thing. That's an intrigue campaign if I've ever saw one. Yeah. Matt, I love this one that you wrote down, Death Race. Players must compete in a, and insert whatever it is, right? Pod race, a car race, a dragon flight, in order to achieve status and riches. Losers die or lose status. Absolutely. And I wrote you know, Death Race, but it could be any competition. Sure. I mean, Blood Ball or just... Could be Hunger Games. Sure. Oh, could- yeah. Yeah, it could be that's, I don't that's know, literally trying to catch a, a sneet or whatever it is the <laughs> Harry Potter has to catch. I mean, think about it. That's a dystopia right there. Terrible. They catch a stupid little ball. <laughs> yeah, what a great idea is some sort of game is what keeps society together, and that's why it's a dystopia. It's gladiatorial it's combat. I was just about to say that it's literally the gladiatorial combat just flavored differently for whatever sort of society you're running. Yeah. 
Bring back Dark Sun, folks. A conclave of, you name it, Illuminati, wizards, scions, corporate execs, what have you, control the world from the shadows. Can the players overcome their overwhelming odds? No. <laughs> Probably they not. They got a living. Survive. A military group has a device which could destroy a town, a country, or a planet. Can the rebel spies locate the secret plans to destroy this device? Yeah, and if you guys don't think that Star Wars isn't a dystopia, go watch it again. Watch it from the angle of how lawful evil the Empire actually is. It's terrible. (laughs) Making all those contractors build that stupid base. And since it wasn't done, the contractors blew up on it. That's right. Maybe your characters live on a tropical island, and every five years, someone must be sacrificed to the volcano god, or all will suffer its wrath. Yes. Toss me into the volcano. That'd be kind of fun, right? Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a volcano. It could be some kind of mystical event. Sure. Maybe there's an egg that hatches, and a monster pops out and eats somebody. Maybe randomly someone just dies. Sure. Right? Or it could be children of the corn, right? Every five years or so, or every year, you got to go out there and butcher somebody in the cornfield so that the corn doesn't rebel against you. That's going to be some good corn. Delicious. Delicious. And finally, a net change in 1.5 degrees Celsius causes living space to sink beneath the waves. Governments don't seem to give a shit. Oh, wait, that's real life. But. Certainly a dystopia. It is. But if you think <laughs> about I mean, it is. Period. End of statement. But also, as livable space starts to shrink people are going to live more and more on top of each other resources are going to become more and more scarce and that is going to create a dystopian society life imitates art art imitates life it's all one big cycle folks exactly what a world called it so there you have it several options to run a dystopian game we've given you some ways to plot story along find out who the big bad or dystopian event is some character options and of course some themes and you know chicken and a biscuit that's dyed green sure <laughs> we're doing that next game not even going to tell our players any questions or comments hit us up at goblins corner on twitter did you enjoy this podcast we've got plenty more subscribe to it on your favorite player youtube and twitch click the five stars and give us a review on itunes and Podchaser. if you're on youtube hit the like and subscribe button as well as ringing the notification bell. It helps get our show in front of more people. It boosts the show and feeds the hungry algorithm. Which is currently on every camera and every phone in the entire world, watching everything you do. It is Big Brother. Oh, crap. It's It's called Google. Google. Yeah, it's called Google. (laughs) That's all the time we have for tonight. Once again, my name is Eric. And I'm Matt. We'll see you next time. Good night, folks. World where the Goblin's Corner is by Matt Staples and Eric Holden. Show song by the Mighty D20. This has been a subterranean production coming soon.